You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Garage fam, we are back one final time for the NASCAR race recap show in 2021. It has been a hell of a year, a hell of a NASCAR season. Tons to unpack from the championship weekend in Phoenix. Dale, how are you uh, processing the, the end of the season, of the greatest season ever, as Fox called it? Yeah, the, the marketing campaign, I would say lived up to the hype it was an awesome year for nascar uh very very exciting uh, a lot of parody throughout all three series with winners upsets special moments fights tempers uh very deserving champion in the cup series after a historic year man it's it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of fun it's pretty bittersweet but uh it's time to look ahead to 2022 after this show at least but 2021 was an awesome year. I think the Fox campaign ended up being pretty accurate. But a lot to look forward to in the future for NASCAR with the next-gen car. And it's going to change the landscape a lot. But for now, we're reflecting on what a great year it's been for uh, 2021. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I, I got to see some videos. I uh, saw some people that actually were in Arizona. And I, I was a little sad. It would have been cool to be there, but it's okay. Next year, uh, maybe we'll be there for the uh, the new generation car that's coming out. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really strange and weird to see that. I, I still don't know like what to expect. I guess just like watching them. I've watched practices. Uh, I've seen. I just I'm ready to see what some of these drivers that have been always complaining about not having enough money to compete. I'm ready to see what they're able to bring to the table. So that's gonna be pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> it's been, uh, it, it's been fun though. They, I was watching a little short clip today talking about how the, uh, the generation six, I think they're calling this, this car that we had now provided some of the closest finishes in NASCAR history. Um, you're, you're kind of a NASCAR stat brain. Would that, would that be true? Yeah. Uh, two, 2016 stands out actually, uh, the Daytona 500, Denny Hamlin against Martin Truex Jr. was an unbelievably close finish. It has to be the, the closest finish in Daytona 500 history. And then I think the very next race at Phoenix, uh, Carl Edwards versus Kevin Harvick was unbelievably close. You've had photo finishes at Talladega with Blaney and Newman, Blaney and Stenhouse over the past couple of years. Um, and I'm trying to think of what there's. I know there's got to be more in there. We're talking back since 2013 yeah, there's gonna be more in there that are it's been a hot minute yeah yeah no there's gonna be more in there that pop up later but there were definitely those are the ones that come good, out immediately there were some good uh scenes there was some good footage of some of those that happened but yeah we get a whole new slew of moments coming up with the new generation car the gen 7 uh the car from cars 3 as some may call it um you know whatever that uh the, that car 
from Cars 3, the new one. Can't remember yeah, his name. I still haven't seen Cars 3. I still have not it's seen all right. it. You don't have a small child, so there's there's not many reasons for you to, I guess, unless you just like Well, cars. you know, the original Cars was amazing, and then Cars 2 was fucking terrible. Um, I heard Cars yeah. 3 was okay. Like, it was pretty good. So It was I, a I'll great movie. I just have it. It's got a lot more NASCAR roots to it. I mean, basically, they talk about cars that used to run moonshine without even saying moonshine. You know what was going on with those cartoon cars. They were in those woods. Yeah, but but they don't talk about it. You know, it's just kind of like a speakeasy where people used to go when uh, alcohol was illegal. Just uh, filled with adult innuendos like like spongebob over the years like yes. shit like that is that what we're talking yeah, about I, th- I don't know i don't know if spongebob was worse or if rug rugrats were worse oh um, yeah i don't know see rugrats was a little before my time but yeah. spongebob was spongebob was pretty pretty good with them They're yeah pretty, i think uh, pretty out there if we're talking about cars too that probably had more of the adult innuendos I just will never get over dog shit. I don't even that movie was that movie sucked. Yeah, Jackson Storm is his name from the third one, by the way. Basically, the new Gen 7 car was modeled after Jackson Storm. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can look that up. Uh, that's actually a factual thing. Um, so aside from that, though, this season alone, I will say that that it provided a lot. Uh, for me personally, uh, as a NASCAR fan, as a NASCAR uh, connoisseur of gambling, and as a uh, just lover of the culture of NASCAR. So, like, all three of those boxes were checked. Uh, championship weekend, I really, I you know, except for Saturday night, I'll say like they, you know, and looking back on it now, Saturday with Daniel Hemrick, you know, I think I was just more upset because, you know, our guy Noah didn't get it. But really thinking about the season, I, I've had some some time to really like figure out this whole situation for Daniel Hemrick. He's kind of in this weird spot. He's going to college next year. And he literally was like, it was just like they were like, you know, Gibbs is like, we're done, whatever, you know, it's been great. And now he wins him a championship. What's going on? And, and I started thinking about that. I'm like, what's going on in their heads right now? Are they well, just like good riddance? I mean, I wouldn't say good riddance, but this move clearly was clearly made because of all the times throughout the season – Hemrick had a winning car or a top three car, a top two car, and could never finish races. Um, And, yeah, the championship is huge, but he won the championship in virtue of the format being in his favor. And that really isn't the most important thing here to track. The most important thing here to track why Joe Gibbs would have moved on is because of the winning speed he had week in and week out and was unable to win races while his teammate in the number 54, which was several different drivers, won 11 races on the season, which was incredible. But, you know, honestly, Joe Gibbs as a whole was down this year in the Xfinity. Harrison Burton didn't win a race. He's going to cup because his dad. Uh, Brandon Jones didn't win a race either, and he'll be back in that car next year because I think he's got good sponsorship. He's done 
okay. He's won a few races, but probably because of his dad. Businessman? Are we talking businessman? There's a lot of businessmen out there, you know? Yeah. So, honestly, somebody pointed this out on Twitter. And for the life of me, I looked at it and I was like, fuck this guy. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? It's honestly, in a way, more impressive that Daniel Hemrick won this championship after not having the luxury of having wins to back up to uh to basically fall back on to get him into the championship race he was like, he's the only guy the there that hadn't won a race all year long Cindric had won multiple races gragson had won three of the last 10 basically um you know it was just an aj almendinger had won four or five races so aj don't care the fact <laughs> and I, I told you this before the race even started <clears throat> This is the one thing I guess I was right about because Saturday night was a disaster. Um, having Austin Cindric was heartbreaking seeing it happen that way. But I said AJ will is the one guy I know will not win this race for a couple of reasons. One, because the car, their car, if they if Collig had had a weak point all year, it's the race cars they had brought to the short tracks. And I, yeah, Phoenix is not a short track, but it races like a short track in, in many ways. So, and Watching AJ in his interviews, they wouldn't even ask him anything about what do you do if you lose? You know, if you don't win, how, how do you feel about this? And he would go out of his way to say, hey, win or lose, it's whatever. I'll, I'll be back next year. He didn't have it in him to win that race. But nonetheless, we can go off topic with this. You know, I'm just trying to find something to brag about because that race was a fucking nightmare for me. So that's my one bragging point. But, you know, we got a lot to talk about throughout the whole weekend. But Daniel Hemrick winning that race, winning the championship after not having the wins to fall back on like everybody else did, pretty impressive. And, man, he deserved it. He absolutely deserved it with his move on the last lap. So He hit Austin Cindric. So, I mean, he's an okay guy. I think it's pretty yeah. clear that we're not, we're not fans of Austin Cindric. Um, we have weird feelings about Austin Cindric, and uh, you know and that's I, okay. I hated him because I, I bet on him early in the season a couple times, didn't win, and then I bet on him at Dover when nobody he wasn't even the favorite. It was weird. Bet on him at Dover, he won. Got to see that in person. I was like, all right, you're we're back, Cindric. We're back. I think I bet on him a couple more times. He won. I was like, okay, we're we're okay now. Like, I don't like you, but, like, you have won me money, so I don't hate you. And now, after that, it wasn't really his fault that he lost that race, but now I fucking hate him again. Like, demoralizing. Demoralizing. It would have been a massive weekend for my picks if he had just held off Hemrick for that, you know, one turn. One turn away. But I can go on all fucking day about that. Let's... Let's come back. To I just find it fitting that we're probably the only NASCAR show or podcast that would talk about Daniel Hemrick winning the Xfinity Championship before we would talk about Kyle Larson winning on Sunday. So that's kind of a bragging point right there. We did that. That yeah. happened right now. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out Kyle Larson. Shout-out Daniel Hemrick. Shout-out Ben Rhodes. I feel like it's fair. Like, all right, so now that we've kind of got that like first little just like – 
jitters on the top of the brain off with the Sunday or the Saturday night race. And we can, we might talk a little bit more about it. That but. was the best race too. <clears throat> the Saturday night race. I feel like was the best race. Sunday was the great, night race. In the general. finish. Yeah. The finish was unbelievable. Like everything on the line. Incredible finish. And that's what the Xfinity series has been all year long, but it yeah, has. let's talk about trucks. It has man. Um, so let's, let's kick it off this weekend. And obviously we may get to talk a little bit after after the show, uh, after we talk, recap these these races about the uh, some of our favorite moments, you know, in different series or just in general. So stay tuned, okay? Don't go anywhere. But uh, yeah, kicking off trucks. Truck race started off Friday night. Uh, I think you know we were all very uh, very heavy on Sheldon. We had a good feeling about it. I, I had a great feeling about it going in. Uh, and I think the other guys that we had talked about the week before was Zane Smith, uh, who has nothing. And uh, and then also, uh, I think we may have talked a little bit about John Hunter, possibly, or was it someone else that we discussed? Todd Gilliland. Yeah, yeah, them. I was uh, from the beginning, you know, and I there's a lot to unpack with this whole deal because it's the debate was, was it a Mickey Mouse championship that Ben Rhodes won? And I was heavy on the side that was like, no, he earned that championship. I'd kind of been fading Nemechek from the beginning of the week, and he kind of got screwed, and he kind of had bad luck. But ultimately, the statistics and the performance was not there for them for me to validate picking him at such an expensive price on uh, on DraftKings or any sports book, Frank, quite frankly. So Ben Rhodes, man, the guy's been consistent all year, and – uh, no, him nor Nemechek had won a race in a fucking lifetime. So then what do you go? You go to consistency. That's the next level of ranking essentially to when it, when it comes to this format. Um, and Ben Rhodes had been more consistent than John Hunter Nemechek through the second half of the season. So he earned it. He absolutely earned it. He was my pick to win the championship. Um, I didn't think he would win the race, which was correct. I definitely thought Sheldon, we obviously, you said uh, we were big on Sheldon. Sheldon had a very fast truck on the short runs. The long runs just didn't have enough uh, for that 18 car. The 52 was really fast, or truck. 18 was fast, the 52 was fast, and Ben Rhodes was pretty fast there at the end. So that was a good race. I like the way that series ended because there's this narrative all year long with these embarrassing races because – you got a lot of inexperience causing crashes, uh, pileups, just absolute demolition derbies. And that was a very clean, natural race. No officiating involved yeah. that ruined anything. No ghost cautions, no terrible pileups or reckless driving. Just a natural, long green flag run race that uh, the, the right guy won the championship. I mean, anytime you don't get excessive it. Michael Waltrip jokes, you know that the race is like going at the right pace it's supposed to. That's, I think, one of the things that tripped me out the most about this race. And a lot of people realized was like there was like hardly any cautions. And and that shows a ton, I feel like, because there was just I feel like there was just maybe a lot of a lot of respect out there on that field. And I mean, like, obviously, every championship race, you're going to have, you know, a lot of the guys move out of the way, move over. There was a little bit in the beginning of the cup race on Sunday where we, you know, you saw some guys kind of like trying to fight it out as much as possible. But once all four of those guys got up front, they were just gone Um, and they took off. But 
you know, the thing, I guess the thing about it is like Chandler Smith winning that race. We saw Chandler Smith win in Bristol was one of the drivers you had on your card. His mother uh, was a big yeller and she wanted to make sure that, that Chandler knew that she was there. He ignored her. He didn't choose to talk to mom. I made sure I did a little bit of reportoring. Uh, I went on Chandler Smith's Instagram and uh, he had his big picture where he, con- you know, he was like, I won, you know, a race it's, and said something else. And so I commented and I said, I said, please tell me you spoke to your mother this time. And I tagged him and he liked it. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that maybe she was there again and that she was yelling at him. And I really hope that he went to her first before anyone else and was just like, hey, mom, I'm here this time. So I'm just, you know, just hope that much for Chandler. Uh, and, and, you know, we wish you well. And, uh, yeah. just, you know, make sure you listen to your mother, Chandler. One time, one time is bad. Two times, inexcusable. Unforgivable. So, oh, yeah. It, two times not talking to the mom. Come on. Uh, and, and we're going to hope. I don't, we don't have any inside sources. I don't think that we're there. But we are close some. enough, I guess, in the stands. But uh, you know what's the craziest thing, though? Why was she – she should have been in the pits, like the at Bristol. You know what I mean? She should have I mean, been, that's like, what I was thinking box, of right? at first, too. I was thinking of that at first, too, right? But then let's also remember this. When you're at Bristol, obviously his parents are fans of racing. Otherwise, he would not stands, probably – Yeah, I mean, you got to watch it from the stands. That's what everybody says at Bristol. So, you know, yeah. maybe they were like, we got we to gotta be up here to watch it at the stands. My, my thing would be, like, in that moment – what kind of confusing? Maybe it was just so much shock. I mean, if I would have been Chandler Smith's like dad, I would have been like, "Let's go to the fucking place where you go inside the track, so that we can be, you know, at victory lane with our part child. of the celebration." Exactly. Like if you. That's win, what makes know. me feel like maybe these people are just nut jobs that follow Chandler Smith around. Maybe we should actually, <laughs> maybe we should be hired as his security to keep him away from his fake parents that escape the psychotic ward, that think they're his parents. It's like the SpongeBob. You may not know this because you weren't as much as a SpongeBob kid, but um, just because the the difference of age, the SpongeBob where Patrick like meets his parents and like has them over for the whole episode. And at the very end, his parents, his actual parents like show up. And then the, the, the two starfish that were his parents for the whole episode are like, oh yeah, we don't have a son. Oh right, and then they oh, just leave shit. and walk away. I think I may remember. <laughs> it's a really that, funny episode. Maybe that's what we got going on here. Maybe somebody's. We just gotta walk up to them and be like, "Hey, you know, you don't have a kid." And then they look at each other and like, "Oh shit, you're right." Oh man, what are you even doing what? here? <laughs> it's like how many other like like young children racing vehicles like have they confused <laughs> right in their right. life? What if they do this as a as a joke? As a, as a cruel joke? Like. That would yeah, be, I mean, sure. I would kind of have some respect for him. <laughs> like that's, it would be quite the twist, but you never know with NASCAR fans. But, no. yeah, Chandler Smith had a, an absolute rocket ship. The stats are kind of misleading because Sheldon led so much of that race. Um, Chandler Smith had a bad pit stop a couple times, actually, and it put him back. And his long-run truck was just unreal. But, um one thing that's kind of lost in this, they talked about it on the broadcast, but Sheldon Creed won uh, the lap leading bonus that was that I guess Marcus Lemonis was offering. So he got to bring home another 50 grand because he led the most laps in the entire season. So 
That's pretty dope. Shout out to Sheldon for that. He lead big lap leader on the year. He's going to do go. some exciting things in Xfinity. But Can't Chandler wait. Smith wins a race, and Ben Rhodes wins a championship, and then has himself a uh, hell of a press conference. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was tossing back the uh, the the uh, libations as he called them. Um, that press conference, like I didn't know much about Ben Rhodes at all. Um, most of you, you know, you people out there that, that listen to the show, the garage fan themselves, they know that, uh, the truck series was pretty new to me getting into it this year. I knew a couple of the drivers, but just really never paid that much attention until this season. And, uh, Ben Rhodes, like, I just, I never, didn't really know much about the guy. I didn't know if he had a personality or not. Boy, does he, that guy put on one of the most insane press conferences ever. I, he even had Bob Pockers like tweeting, like in a way where he was just like, like razzled. Like he really, he shook Bob. Like Bob probably had to get up and walk out. I think Bob may have like scheduled a tweet up after like shutting them down for half the year, just because of how insane that one press conference was. Um, but Ben Rhodes, the way he was describing every little thing that happened that led up to him win the race was top 10, how I've like, maybe, maybe like top, yeah, top 10, like press conferences, I feel like in NASCAR in the past, like 20 years, maybe there's been a lot of good ones, but that one right there is definitely right there in that, that, that maybe like towards the back of the top 10 for me personally. Yeah, no, it, it, no doubt. I mean, to, after he wins a championship, like celebrating, drinking a shit ton of Bud Light. A couple things about Ben Rhodes. Um, people, he looks like he's 14 years old, but uh, people, a lot of people don't realize he's been full-time in the trucks for six years. This was his sixth full-time year in the truck series. Um, took him a minute. So, and that's the thing. A lot of these guys, these young guys that come in and do well and win races and they're gone, they go, they move up to Xfinity or they drop out completely and their careers are basically done. But Ben's hung around. He's run, he's won several races. He's been close. Uh, he's been pretty close to getting into the championship contention. This was the year for them. It's so consistent. Um, and the second thing I was going to say is I don't think Ben Rhodes has ever fucking even tasted alcohol in his entire life until that. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, I mean, it was hilarious. It was great. It was fantastic content, but my God, he was, he was like, he, he really didn't have a lot of time to get that drunk. I feel like between the end of the race and by the time those conferences had started. So I'm thinking he's kind of a lightweight thinking he, yeah. Thinking he had like six to eight beers and was just like sloshed. Yeah. So. Like real bad. Like a like a hard, like pressed Jack and Coke night on a college summer day. I bet, you know? yeah. I bet he yeah. threw up that night. I bet he threw up that night. hundred percent. The question is before put a he bet left out the there, picture after. Minus, I'd say minus one sixty on the yes and like plus one twenty on the no. I'm going okay. yes. Yeah, I definitely would back up back, back up on that at minus 160 for sure. Um, and, and, yeah, with him, I, I think that uh, the main thing that, that we pull away from that is the lingo. Uh, you can definitely tell he doesn't get out a whole lot using words like mama jamma. That guy listens to Black Betty at least once a week, guaranteed. I don't know anybody else in my life that calls someone mama jamma. 
anymore in this century, especially uh, at, at that age or whatever age. He's got to at least be my age or maybe a little younger. Than no, he's, he, he's younger than both of us. He's, uh, I think he's 24. He's either 24 okay. or 25. That's even more concerning that he uses Mamma Jamma at 24. Yeah, maybe he's just a weird motherfucker. But Yeah, he's just you know a what? guy that grew up. And they, he was just like, you know, he's just young, young Ben in the trailer part, just like dad's blaring Black Betty and the radio broke. And that's all that played. And uh, and then he just was like in his little Hot Wheels going. Skirt, skirt. And he just all that came out of him because maybe that was the first time like he was as a child, like he just drank beer and he got drunk. And then that's all he remembers doing. So then he did that now as an adult, the second time he's drank in his life. I can see it. Makes sense. It totally mm, makes microscope. sense. Microscope. But regardless, the man is a champion of the truck series. So shout out that. to him. Good job, Ben Rhodes. Thor- shout out to Ben. Thor- so we've already talked ever- a bit about Thor Sports first saying? ever owners championship. That's the last thing I'll say about that. So big for them. Big for the truck series because Thor Sport has been involved for so long. Thor there. Sport. You say it like that. Thor Sport. Um Xfinity, we've already kind of talked a little bit about Hemrick, obviously. Uh, let's talk about some of the, the things that we didn't really mention. They didn't really talk much about Gregson and his run because it's sad. Um, but you know what? At the end of it, I was proud of the guy because there was that – I think it was the, the second the second to last caution. He had an insane restart. Went from like 12th to like 5th or Dude, something yeah, like that. Yeah, he went – he flew up the middle – and just man, he just sent it into turn one, and then I think Jeb Burton had spun out. Somebody had spun out. That's exactly what happened. Out. And he was P P five or P six after restarting thirteenth. And we're at the restaurant, like holy shit, like let's go. Then he got up. He did get up to third, and then he said in his interview he didn't even know what happened. I wanted the with like five to go. I mean, he was chasing Hemrick and Cindric, who had just superior race cars. Um. And he just got loose, got up into the wall, still rebounded, you know, had a good run for, with – I mean, he slapped the wall, dude. Um, dude he was skating so. the walls. He was video gaming it like like Edwards did, you know. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, like, dipping bit. down and trying to come up overhead somebody. He was like pushing. Johnson. In his situation, man, he was pushing real hard. He finished 12th but with that damage. But, you know, I – and I had told you this uh, right before the race started. I was I was concerned. The one thing I was concerned about with Gregson is the fact that at Phoenix in the spring, he blew an engine kind of early in that race, in like lap sixty-five. Something. Why? Like that. Why is Junior Motorsports cars doing shit like that? Well, I, dude, at the beginning of the year for Gregson, he just had the worst luck. Imagine, and I remember I mean, he just had I a remember, black cloud. Don't so, bring me back to Homestead. Oh, yeah, no, trust me, that was terrible for me. Absolute nightmare. Fucking David Starr. But here's the deal. I think that lack of track time at Phoenix definitely hurt them compared to what Cindric and Hemrick had, who in, in the spring were two of the best cars that day. So you, you think about that and, and you see how Gregson ran. You know, he's a fourth, fifth-place car. It kind of makes sense. But – you know, he had an awesome year, an awesome comeback year with how his year started. Won three of the last 10 or 11 races. Got so hot there at the end. Was running strong. And he'll be back 
with that number nine next year to get another shot at the championship. And I would not be surprised if he opens up as a favorite um, based off of how, how well he ended his season in 2021. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really excited for next year and to see what all kind of transpires. I feel like his mental game has definitely taken a huge leap this season alone. And so next year, I, I feel like this off season, he's going to take a lot of time to really focus really do whatever he's got to do and, and whatever it's going to take. You know, I don't think that, that you know, kind of taking the whole Larson approach is necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, I, I don't really know what, you know, Dale Jr. is requiring of them as drivers of the Xfinity Series. I can't think it would be that much. But, I mean, you look at stuff like with Larson, you know, where he gets off of the NASCAR grid and he's going to hit a bunch of other races. He's doing sprint cars. He's doing – you know, any type of races he can get in and then also running cup. You know, I think that doing that, it may not be good for every driver, but for some it could be. I know Chase Elliott's been talking about doing that a little bit more, like getting out and going to run some sprint car races. Like I think what Larson did this year should be a model for every driver, whatever series they're in is just like, you know, the consistency is key. The more races you're running, the more races you're going to be able to win, the more your confidence is going to grow. And I just think that there's a ton to learn there. So depending on whatever process he takes, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have the, that boy's back. Okay. We, we like that boy. We like Noah, a uh, big friend of the show and, and just uh, we're big supporters of his as well. Just everything that he's got going on for him right now is uh is the type of attitude that a garage guys is about and that we love. And you can see there too at the, you know, in his, uh, his post uh, race conference where he was just, he was tore up about it, dude. And I mean, I mean, I was kind of tore up for him too, man. It's just like, it does sting. And especially when you feel like, you know, like the, the equipment that you're in and, and the team that's around you, as far as what you've got in the pits and everything, you want to feel like you're you're superior, especially running for what that's basically Hendrick's Xfinity team, if we're being honest. So it's uh it's just one of those deals. But yeah, I'm uh I'm ready, I'm ready and I'm willing to bet that next season we see an entirely new deal. I know I impact a lot on you there. I'm I did want to get your thoughts on what you think about the whole Larson approach for for more drivers to try to get more involved in other type of races throughout a season. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you that, first of all, I'll say that I think the way you think about it makes sense, you know, and it definitely can inspire confidence for someone to go hop into something else and win a race, right? But uh, I can go and tell you that owners don't probably hate that because the the it could take away focus from what's what's at hand in, in the primary series and you risk injuries. And especially with what Larson does, man, with sprint cars, those are borderline death traps. Now, I don't know Noah's – like, Larson does it because he knows he can hop in any car in a sprint car series and win. Yeah. I don't know – and this isn't just against Noah. I don't think there's many guys that can do that. There are, And there, there aren't. There might be no other guy or girl yeah. who can just jump in a sprint car like that and dominate. I don't even think – I think Gragson's background also is not dirt either. No. So I think that would limit him too. I feel like Gragson – I feel like he's a guy that would need the full focus of 
being in Xfinity and Xfinity only. I think he I, – I, I say that, but I think he'll get some cup opportunities next year too. I think they're going to try to put him in some cup cars, try to get him groomed in a couple different – couple different races in 2022, but I disagree with that approach for anybody except Kyle Larson because yeah. a motherfucker can jump in and win and just fly out and be ready for a cup race. I mean, he's well, I'm a excited breed. now. Yeah. I'm excited now to see about this because uh, I've already heard Chase Elliott's planning on running a sprint race next year, so he's going to try to get out and do that Larson thing. Right. No. And that, that's definitely out of Elliott's – that's definitely kind of out of his comfort zone, which is interesting. He – It'll be interesting to see how he does, um, but it's definitely. I mean, just watching sprint cars on dirt is fun. I imagine that's a really, really fun kind of race for these guys to do. I mean, I, there's a reason why Larson, even though he's in the Cup Series, at the peak of his career, making millions, winning at the top level of stock car motorsports, he's still doing those races because they're fun. So yeah, you know if. Chase Elliott's a proven champion. Larson's a proven champion now. I mean, these guys, I mean, they're going to have some self-autonomy to be able to kind of do what they want, I feel like. Now, if it's like the Indy 500, Rick Hendricks is going to look at Chase and be like, no, probably wouldn't do that. Not yet. Okay, so I was literally about to talk about this. Like, I was going to wait for a minute, but we're already here. Larson's got to run 2022, man. He's got to. Yeah. Man, it would be awesome. It would be so cool to see what he can do in one of those cars. I just feel like it's going to be tough with Rick Hendrick as his boss. I feel like it's going to be tough. But with the safety improvements and enhancements they have made of those indie cars with the aero screen, I could I could see it happen. It's definitely more possible than it was back five years ago. Shit, three years ago. Because now we see Jimmy Johnson's going to run it. Jimmy Johnson has absolutely nothing to prove. He is one of the top five greatest stock car racers of all time. Seven, seven championships, two Daytona 500s. He's done it all. Why would he go risk his life in the most dangerous race in the world? Because it's not as dangerous anymore because of that aero screen. It is still yeah. a dangerous race, but with the safety enhancements they've made, I mean, there's obviously a, a solid confidence level on running that race and not getting killed and the aero screen just in this last year had so many moments where it, it appeared to save people's lives uh there's so many big crashes where you go look at f1 difference. i mean i mean f1's not maybe not necessarily the aero screen but it's kind of the same deal you look at verstappen and uh and who was it hamilton the wreck they got in where verstappen's wheel was just chilling on the top of hamilton's car yep the the halo the halo is same yeah. kind of deal it's done its job um so it, it's really really neat to see the open wheel racing move to a, a a safer race without without inhibiting the product too badly a lot of people were worried about that with indycar when they moved to the aero screen uh, and and actually a new a new race car um and really the racing in indycar in 2021 was phenomenal yeah. So they it's really space build improvements there. So yeah, no, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson, all Indy Five Hundred, unbelievable. That would throw be Tony so in awesome. there too. Throw Tony back. Throw Tony in that thing too. Get old man oh, Tony. Oh man, Tony, Tony, Tony wouldn't do it. Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony. I wish, man, that would be sick. But uh, his old ass is fucking done. But well, look, we're. 
I guess we we'll go ahead and get into the Cup Series race and just kick it off with that. With you know, obviously Kyle Larson winning. Tony Stewart came out and said that he he literally put a tweet: "Congrats to the greatest race car driver I've ever seen." And to me, for as a as a fan of Tony Stewart, kind of growing up, like his personality, like you know, and just watching him around the track and when he when he would win and how he carried himself and how he handled himself, like I. I just really like looked up to that as a kid. So like for one of the guys that you fucked with hard to say that about a new guy that's out here. I mean, that's one of the greats telling somebody that he's one of the greats basically. And that's to me, Kyle was already emotional as hell, but like, and we all know that like Stewart's like one of his, if not his favorite driver as well. So that's uh that's huge man like i couldn't imagine i mean that would i don't even know what to compare that to really i mean there's a couple of people i could think like for myself but like to me like that was if if not winning a championship wasn't enough that made it go to the next level that moves the needle hard yeah and you know tony has salivated over kyle larson for quite some time now uh, Tony has been aware of Kyle Larson, especially just with his, with his dirt skills for a long time. Uh, Kyle has been on the radar for a while. So Tony has always felt that way about Kyle Larson, but now, yeah, like you said, winning the championship, uh, with Hendrick Motorsports is just, you know, it's like, a, it's kind of like a cherry on top with everything he's accomplished in NASCAR and, you know, in, uh, in sprint cars and all the other forms of racing that he's, he's dominated and run so well in now there's more there's more out there to accomplish gotta win a daytona 500 uh which has been the weakest point of larson's career is the super speedways but yeah for tony stewart we hear and obviously jeff gordon now who's a who's gonna be one of the top guys at hendrick he's the same way like he's obsessed with larson he talks about how talented he is and i mean we're looking at something special that could start here. And that is coming into the new era. Kyle Larson could do like a Jimmy Johnson type run here. And I would hate to see that because I hate seeing the same guy win so many championships, but it's entirely possible here. You know, uh, when the gen six came out, Hendrick motorsports is on top of it. They won the first. They won the first race. They won the first championship of the Gen Six with Jimmy Johnson. Twenty twenty two, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, already two of the best drivers in the sport. Back to back championships. They have all the momentum, and there's no reason to think that they won't take over this. The beginning of this era of race car, and it starts with Kyle Larson. So he can just start ripping off championships, man. He could start up into. We could hit twenty thirty, and he could have five or six championships possibly fortunately the the playoff format has been real uh, supportive of parity when it comes to champions seven of the last eight years uh different different guys won the championship so the playoff format i think might protect us from that because winner take all last race of the season doesn't matter what you did up until that point that could prevent it but Ultimately, we're looking at something, uh, the most talented race car driver in the sport with 
the fastest car in the sport. I mean, what a dangerous, deadly combo we could see. Yeah. If they keep the momentum going into the next gen, it could just be we, – we've only seen the beginning. See, that's the one thing I was going to say, too, is, like, the combo is, like, we're, yeah, we're going into a new era. So, I mean, we really don't know what to expect. I mean, you got to expect that the best teams are going to remain on top. It's definitely going to be a learning curve for some of these guys, though, uh, not being able to build these cars in their own shop. They're getting them prefab pretty much. So, it's going to be interesting to see, like, what they can do to find to kind of move the needle a little bit. But I think Kyle is – yeah, he's just one of those guys. He's going to learn uh, a lot about his horse, and then he's going to ride it the way that it needs to be rode. So, um, it, it's it's just going to be crazy, too, because – I think it makes it even more impressive with the way the playoffs are now that it's like if you are able to rip that off with the format that we have today, I mean, it's just constant, just like attention to detail every year towards the end. It's like no matter what, you know, you've got to be able to just kind of like hit those maneuvers. And I like the way the playoffs are. And I think that I don't think I'm alone in that. But there are some people out there, you know, I, I've looked at, you know, you look at you look back and I've seen like how some people put up like, you know, the old Winston era stats and like, you know, this is who would have won a championship here and there. And yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, it would be cool to see all that again. But like making it the way it is now, I feel like is a little more contemporary. And um, but at the same time, if they did go back or they did end up changing it again and get a little bit more back to the roots, I don't think that would be such an issue. But either way, we'll probably see Kyle Larson on top now for a minute. Yeah. Well, you know, the yeah. interesting interesting thing here is if it was non-playoff, he still would have won the championship. He was the best driver in the regular season. Absolutely. He was the best driver in the last 10 races, which are the playoffs. Um, he wins regardless. You know, there is a lot of scrutiny and hoopla about this playoff format. I like it. There, There's a lot of things I don't like about it, but I do like it because when you get to the last four races of the year, you cannot slack. Like, you cannot have a stake. As a fan. You have to be at the top of your game, and that ultimately is what a champion is made of. Who in the final four or five races can be at their best every single weekend and claim that championship? The one thing I don't like about that is – which we don't see often anymore. It's pretty rare, but it did happen. Joey Logano, who I don't think would have been a factor if this hadn't happened, but like Joey Logano blew an engine at Kansas. Nothing of his doing, um, not necessarily the team's fault, just a random, random failure that is just catastrophic in this type of, in this type of format. Uh, more catastrophic than uh, if you have a 10 race chase or season long, season-long championship. So imagine if we get to Phoenix and Kyle Larson blows an engine. I mean, we'll, eventually something like that will happen in this format, and it, it, yeah. the fans are going to raise hell. So that's my one issue, and I think that's a glaring issue that every that uh, it, it's kind of a consensus that people see. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but it, we've seen it happen a couple times. Um, it just hasn't happened in that one championship race, but – Overall, when you get down to the last five races, the, this playoff format absolutely promotes uh, no mediocrity. Like, you cannot be mediocre. So, I like that part. I'm going to tell it. you, I'm going to tell you this much, like what you're saying, like, yeah, you know, it would suck. But at the same time, I feel like 
you know, you see it in other sports, you know, teams that are just so good all the way towards the end. And then it gets down to like, you know, final couple games in the playoffs and and they lose, they have a bad game but they, and they're done. And nobody really gets pissed about that. You know, and like some fans are like, oh, well, they, we had a bad ref, we had a bum call. You're going to kind of have that narrative everywhere. I want to see a world when maybe this is something that could happen in the future. But you look back at, at Martinsville, Alex Bowman wins that race. In my opinion, with it being a crown jewel track, not really an easy one to win. I would love to see NASCAR consider doing like a wild card spot. To where if you, yeah, I know you're shaking your head and it's going against, you know, like, you know, all that is, right? I'm just saying, you get to a point to where, to where you get down to the last four races, you make them kind of at like the toughest tracks on the circuit. And then somebody that was in the playoffs originally that might have got booted or something like that. Let's say they come back resurgent at like one race, and whoever's on like the you know the lowest of of the the eight or whatever is is booted out, and then are in fourth, and they're moved up to fourth or something like that. That'd be that'd be wild. It's just, there's enough gimmicks in NASCAR and in all sports when it comes to postseason postseason activity and rules, but. And to me, if you do something like that, you're actually not rewarding. You're taking away rewards because you're allowing Alex Bowman to play the first five races as we can be mediocre and still have a chance. We can get eliminated and still have a chance if we just focus on this one race. And that takes away the... That's still a huge gamble, though, to focus everything on one race when you could just right. be focusing on every race. But that that is just – that is what promotes mediocrity right there. That promotes the shit out of mediocrity because it says – and it's playoffs. It's called playoffs for a reason. Like if you don't make – if you get – if you don't meet the threshold of uh, the top 12, you're out. Like you're out. You don't meet the threshold of the top eight, you're out. Don't meet the threshold of the top four, you're out. So we we can't add something like that. That would just be a fucking no, I mean, In I my know. opinion. It would take it would take a little bit more restructure, maybe not as simple as the way I put it, but yeah, I mean everything's lined up the way it is for a reason going into the you know getting the top sixteen. You know, if you win a race, you're in, and I think that's pretty fair throughout the majority of the season. A lot of these races that were are going to be ran are already ran in the beginning of the year anyway, so these tracks are already hit at. Um, so they're just kind of going back, and I think Homestead's maybe the exception, but uh, uh, for 2022, but. It's a whole nother conversation, whole nother day. Um, talking a little bit about kind of getting off Larson, you know, in the championship, some of the guys that didn't kind of make it happen. I wanted to briefly touch on Elliott. Um, again, sorry to Hooters Racing. We love Chase Elliott because he is the Hooters man. Shout out to Hooters, by the way. Use promo code Garage Guys. You're going to save $10 on any order, $30 or more when ordering uh, from Hooters2Go.com or the Hooters app. So, Go do that today. Fine print. Uh, you, you, I can say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the fine print. Just, do you want to say the fine print? Yeah, no. We, we can't change up now. It's the last episode. You're right. Valid All right, fine print. The fine print. Valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders only. Save you some $10. 
You put that $10 to our next driver pool that we're going to do in Daytona, Deltona. It's going to be fun. Buy, buy you some Hooters. Go buy you some Hooters. There's still plenty of sports to watch in this sad off season that we have to deal with until February. Starts with Hooters. Game day starts with Hooters. Use a promo code. If you don't use a promo code, sit down. You're going to have a great dining experience. That's it. So so now you can't get free fried pickles anymore with Chase Elliott. It's okay. You can still use promo code Garage Guys. Uh, but with Chase, I, I want to say this much. You know, and, and this is something that everyone's going to be talking about all season. He is going to be – you, you think back to, like, Johnson and Gordon, I guess. And so it's like we're kind of there now. You know, we got this guy that was on top of the world at Hendrick, wins the championship. And then Larson comes in now, and now you've got something that looks like it's not going to be going anywhere for a long time. You're going to have to refocus and step your game up to a whole new level, which is why we see, like, Chase doing what he's doing. But people have been talking about it, like, all week. And, you know, you want to see, you know, Bill's boy do well. But he definitely has his work cut out for him because I feel like he learned a lot about himself this year and and – Kyle is going to light a fire under his ass. And I think we're going to see a better Chase Elliott because of it. If you're Chase, you just kind of wish Larson came back, you know, maybe next year or the year after. Because, like like I said earlier, this might just be be the beginning of something absolutely spectacular with what him and Cliff Daniels have. Chase and Alan Gustafson are still really strong. They're really strong in that race on Sunday. They led a lot of laps. I mean, they were – you know, at times they were much faster than the five car, yep. just the way the race played out with the cautions, uh, pit stops at the end. You know, they just, they just, they just didn't have it. You know, they just weren't there, but uh, he was, uh, he was in, he was definitely in the mix. You know, he led a lot of laps was there and was close, but yeah, uh, I agree. I think chase, we might see a better chase a more competitive chase, like, because, Larson could really come in here and just steal everything. And I mean, we talk about Chase and, and Larson. Imagine how Bowman and which actually Bowman won more races than Elliott this year. Yeah. But and then Byron, you know, imagine how these guys are feeling right now watching Larson do what he's doing. And even watching Elliott, you know, go back to back to the final four, like really consistent, strong performances throughout the season. So I don't know, man. It's crazy. Like I could see in 2022 a rivalry moment happen between Larson and Elliott. Like when they yeah. all they almost wrecked each other in this race uh, on the backstretch. When Larson like came up, got a little bit of damage off the off the front of Elliott's car. I could see a rivalry moment happening between these guys in the next couple of years. Kind of how a big rivalry moment happened with Jeff and Jimmy back in 2010. So. Keep an eye on that for 2022. I mean, they're if if Hendrick is as strong as they were this year, those two guys are going to be battling for a lot of wins, especially on the road courses. Yeah, that's what's even that's what makes it even more fun, in my opinion, is just the uh, the inner team rivalries and seeing that competitive nature come out and just personalities clash. So can't wait to watch that and yeah talking about byron and and bowman it's crazy to say that chase elliott was the only hendrick driver to not have a win on an oval in 2021 that is wild um yeah i would have at least thought he would have taken kansas this year he was damn close to it 
uh, just didn't see it happen. But uh, yeah, he had some good runs. But I mean, if you think about who he ran second to, well, I know at Vegas he ran second to Denny, but Larson was just superior. Yeah. I mean, golly. I mean, yeah. Elliot was really good at Bristol. Bristol, I thought, was his best chance to get a win on an oval because he was there at the end. And then the him and Harvick deal happened. Uh, and then Larson came up and stole that race. So, yeah. They'll, that I mean, they'll, come back, they'll come back strong. But, what, what, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just saying that Bristol one stung. I wanted to see that Hooters car in victory lane. So, oh, bad, yeah. I know. I know it, but man. We still the had money was in, sexy that night. We still had money on Larson, though. I mean, we still won. It was still good. That was one of the, uh, one of the fun races of the year. And before we start talking a little bit about, you know, just kind of a couple of things from the year that we like on the show, um, just talk about Gibbs and this championship race. Truex was super strong, a lot stronger than I thought he would have been. Was the uh, the heavy point scorer on DraftKings, uh, and I thought it was pretty awesome that DraftKings actually did like a draw up of him. So that was pretty dope um, to see DraftKings get a little more, bit more interactive with the NASCAR product online. So hopefully we can see some more of that stuff and maybe they can give it a little bit more shine like they do some of these other sports going into next year. I'm really hoping for that uh, with, with DFS and betting. So, uh, you know, we, we're big supporters of the draft DraftKings product on this show. Um, and so I, uh, I definitely gotta, gotta hope to see more stuff that way, but, um, Truex, you know, like you said, second sucks, but he was, he was strong, man. And like, like you said, it started getting cooler out there and that car just seems to want to come to life when, when the track temps come down a little bit. And uh, so it was close, man. Maybe another 20 minutes, you know, had to go by or a, a red flag happened. And it's a little bit cooler, a little bit darker out. Who knows how that would have finished out because he was about to catch his ass. Uh, it, it was it was a close one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, this race was awesome because the complexion changed so many different times. Uh, I thought it was a it was a spectacular championship race, which Phoenix doesn't. Phoenix has never boasted like the best racing. It's a short, flatter surface. It's like a big Richmond. Um, yeah. The, the way I see it. And Richmond has kind of been that way too. doesn't produce the best racing, but you know, this race, we talk about Truex. Yeah. He was really strong in the long runs, let a good bit of laps, but this race was about to fall into Denny Hamlin's hands who didn't lead a single lap, ran fourth out of the championship for the entire race. But there at the end, his car came on real strong. And if that race had stayed green, he was catching Truex with like 20 that to go. line he was running, dude. Yeah, he, he was running. The- he had this high line dialed in on both sides of the track uh, in that PJ1 or the, the resin, whatever they had. And he, he was reeling, tires. He was reeling Truex in. And that last caution killed it for him. I think – we would have seen a much more exciting finish had that last caution not come out for fucking David Starr, uh, who's right. very notorious for shit like that. But at the end of the day, for bets, I'm happy because the I picked one guy to win it all, and it was Kyle Larson. And I put five units on his ass, and he delivered. But we, regardless of the bets, I know you had Denny Hamlin on yours too as your second guy. I woke up that day, and I was just like, I just wanted to put him on there, man. I don't know. Like, I mean, I knew that Larson was going to win this race. And when I realized, like, you know, these odds aren't going to get any better. It's like whatever. It's like put on as many units as you can put on the guy. 
So unfortunately, where I was at, I could only throw two. And then, when we, like we were talking about, we went and looked back, and the odds on on one of the books went to like the minus one fifty for the man. And so it's just like that was a heavy swing. But with Hamlin, dude, it was just like after watching for a minute and just really thinking it through, I was like, it's the last race of the year. Fuck it. Like, you know, why not just do something a little bit different when everybody's leaning one way? I mean, you know, I still we still hit it for me personally. That last race, like, obviously I knew that you were going in all all heavy, and we had already talked earlier in the week about just doing Larson himself. Dude, I was – uh, you know, I had the confidence in Larson, but I wanted to put Hamlin on there just in case, man, because it's just like one of these years, man, it, it's going to – something's just going to happen, dude. I feel like – I don't feel like he's going to have a Mark Martin-style career, dude. Like, I, he's going to get to a point where he just doesn't care about it enough to where it's just going to fall into his fucking hands. And that's where I think it's really starting to happen. Yeah, you know, my biggest reason for not – and that was my next talking point, actually. I was talking about outside of the betting thing. But last comment on the betting on Hamlin deal. Phoenix has been such a hot and cold track for him over the years that it just – you saw what Truex did there in the spring. I figured he would, he would be strong. Elliott's been really good at Phoenix since 2020. So I just honestly, like I was just going to say, per, like just track history and, and the car that they were going to have, I just didn't think would, would be as dialed in as what the other three guys would have. And for no, most of the race, that that was right. That was right. But at the end there, man, if that race had stayed green, he would have caught Truex. Would he have passed him? That would have been the question. But to win a championship, it really came down to it. He would He would have pulled a hemorrhage and he would have moved him. But – yeah, you know, and that's what I was banking on. That's what I was yeah. thinking on. Like, I mean, it was just oh, yeah. like that last little restart, you know? Because, I mean, you look back at it. If Kyle Larson's pit crew wasn't as fucking amazing as they were with that. Hamlin would have won that race off. Dude, he would have won the race off pit road. But, yeah, then it just all comes down to that. As long as he can stay on mm-hmm. Truex's ass, dude, he would have put him in the fucking wall. Because Hamlin might never be in that situation again. Yeah, I think, I mean – when, as soon as that caution came out, you know, I said to myself, whoever wins this race off pit road is going to win this race. Yep. Uh, if, if Hamlin had won it all, if he had come out first, I think he would have won. If Truex had come out first, I think he would have won. That Hell, clean I think air if Elliott had come out first, he would have won. That track position and clean air uh, is so important at a track like that. So, yeah. Denny was close. I mean, he got beat uh, off of pit road by, like, the slimmest of margins by Kyle Larson. And, yeah, that, that pit stop was just absolutely unbelievable. Like, those guys deserve an un, just an insane amount of credit for for how they performed in the last stop, dude. And all year long, they were just exceptional. But I'm worried about Denny, man. I, I'm worried about his chances more and more because he's just getting past – he's, on average, getting over that age, that age threshold – where drivers have hit their prime and start falling off. Yeah. So I, you, you know, say the same for Martin too. Yeah. And, and man, Truex, the thing about Truex is just how strong they were at Phoenix in the spring was, was such a big deal and how he ran here uh, on Sunday. But with Denny, man, Phoenix being the finale is not a good thing for him. Um, 
especially with how we've seen Hendrick run here and with Larson and even with Truex, you know, we'll see. I mean, this all could change with the next-gen car. That's what's so fascinating about this is when the next-gen comes out, who knows who's going to be strong? I mean, Stuart Haas could come out with their drivers and, and win multiple races at these type of tracks. I've got a good feeling about Stuart Haas next season. I really do. I think it's just a lot from what I've been hearing. I'm not and, even uh, I'm <clears> not even gonna speculate. I'm not even gonna speculate. I mean, it's just gonna it's gonna take a couple races to eat, to have an idea. I mean, we don't even know how this car is gonna race. I mean, we haven't seen any group racing, any group testing except on a road course and at Daytona. I don't imagine the strict plate. I was just going to say, when you narrow it down to aerodynamics alone, I feel like the Ford camp is going to be really strong. Just the way that that body built the square back, that, that the way that, that it flows. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. But I just I've heard a lot of people talk about a lot of the money that's being sunk in by Ford. And when you really look into Ford this year, it seems like there just wasn't as much juice. And you wonder if that's because everything is flowing straight to this next gen car for Ford. And like they're, they're, they're given, they're just taking away from, they're taking the L on this year. That's kind of where I'm feeling. That's where I, that's, 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 that's a theory. That's a conspiracy theory. Um, Who knows? Maybe that, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's what happens. And we see a different Stuart Haas racing in 2022 that. And Penske, if that's the case. Way more than one race. The one race was won by Eric Almarola, which is crazy, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, man. And RIP to the Gen Six. It's been uh it's been a fun eight or nine years with that car. A lot of good moments, exciting moments, um, things that we're we're gonna lose. Uh, with next gen, the the five lug nuts are no more. Uh, it's going to be a safer, a safer deal here with the, with the one lug. And it's more, I mean, it's, it's a modern day move when you see other forms of auto racing, uh, five lugs is pretty, uh, primitive when you look at other forms of, of top, top tier auto racing. So we lose that, which is kind of a unique thing that NASCAR had, um, the number placement for another thing that gets traditional NASCAR fans real uh, riled up including myself i think the number placement thing is fucking dumb uh we lose that the number moves forward on the car next year and we get the we actually get this basically the same aero packages but totally different race car um but it we've lost fiber instead of sheet metal something to mention yeah, which I actually think is a gain. I actually really like that. Once we've seen the composite bodies in Xfinity, how awesome they've been and how, how much that has benefited the racing on that in that series. I think it's a great thing. Uh, there's there are some sad there are some sad things of you know, people posting stuff back in the shops, like the last uh, the last piece of sheet metal that was like uh, fabricated or, or, or whatever. Like, I don't know anything about that. Like, yeah, that's sad, but, uh, this is, this is the future. The composite bodies are the future. They've been a success in Xfinity. That's a good thing. Um, and when it comes to the racing, I guess we really don't know what we're going to see. So maybe no Ryan Newman, no more Ryan Newman full-time. Maybe, we know maybe Ryan Newman though. 
may be Ryan Newman because he said, I'm not announcing retirement. I just haven't had anybody like, dude, I'm pretty sure Brad K got drunk and took over the Roush Twitter account that night. It was like, he was like saying good riddance. And then like someone was quick, like, Oh, Oh, and they were just like, thanks for the memories. Like, it's like yeah, they really didn't. Know. They really accomplished nothing in that car, unfortunately. But I thought that was hilarious. Man, what you said to that, you responded. It's like what, what memories were there? Like you almost like died, like at Daytona. Almost like, died. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's the biggest memory, unfortunately. That's, but it's just crazy. Like what? What did he accomplish in that six car? It's going to be tough for me to imagine. Uh, you know, a decent an upper tier team giving him a full-time ride. He's just over the hill. I mean, he had one last race. He won was in 2017 with Richard Childress. And that was uh, a, a a gamble at the end of a race where they took two tires or stayed out or something when everybody else pit. So, yeah. I would love to see him just take a job. I'd love to see him take a job at like Penske, like go back where it kind of like it started maybe, you know, take a job at Penske and, and do something in there with them that's just yeah i mean i don't know penske's at least with their driver lineup just is having a a massive youth movement over the past three to five years no i'm not talking about as a driver yeah you're talking about like a director role or something yeah just something like this something like like what jeff gordon's doing i mean obviously you know ryan uh, has an engineering degree from uh purdue so yeah the guy can build race cars but I don't know. I feel like if he doesn't have anything in NASCAR, he's just going to go race something else. He'll, he'll be in modifieds. He'll be he'll he'll get back into mods. I feel like he'll do a lot more mod racing. Yeah. Um, who knows? But yeah. So twenty twenty two going to be wild. There's going to be some new faces with Austin Cendrick, Harrison Burton, uh, jumping up. AJ Allmendinger is going to have a, a more prominent role with Colleague. Uh, Justin Haley going to be full time for Colleague. So. Or GMS. No, yeah, I think Colleg. Yeah, yeah, he's staying with Colleg. Yeah, so GMS be will be Ty Gibbs. Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon, yeah, not yeah. Ty Gibbs. And the number uh, 94. So there's going to yeah. be some new faces uh, up in the Cup Series. and Don't forget the other new team uh, from uh, from Sweden, I believe, or from Norway. Uh, they had partnered up with Rayum. Uh, yeah, the the uh, – uh, I, I just I can only think of it's Hesemann. like Swizenberger or something. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's yeah, the be... number twenty-seven. Yeah, we'll see. Interesting to yeah. see what's going to happen there. I feel like there's some things up in the air with that team. But and then um, goodbye to Chip Ganassi Racing, which is Hello, very house. sad. I hate that. But you know, Ty Norris, great, uh, huge NASCAR guy, been a part of the sport for a long time. That team went to some good hands with. Ty Norris and Justin Marks over at Track House. So, Chip can ask you, man. Interesting stuff, Cheers man. to them, dude. They they've been a good a big part of the sport for a long time, and uh, I hope they continue to have <laughs> awesome IndyCar success. But, but yeah, it. so memorable twenty twenty one, dude. What you got to say about that? Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. We were talking about some memorable things a little bit. Uh, three things before we close the show. Uh, what was, and I'll give mine as well, but uh, what was the biggest shock of 2021 in the NASCAR season? Like, what was the thing that like shocked you the most that happened, whether it be like a race or something that happened with a driver, news, whatever it might be? What, what was like the most shocking thing to you in 2021? 
What uh, does this have to be in the Cup Series? Or are we talking? Every, it can be in any series. It just just in NASCAR in general. Man, I gotta say, uh, Tate Fogelman winning the truck That's race right. at, at Talladega was pretty wild, and and being in the pits, seeing that in person too, it was just absolutely insane. Yeah, I, honorable mention Michael McDowell at Daytona, but. Yeah, Michael McDowell is, is at least <clears throat> McDowell has at least like had a, a career where he's had decent runs, you know, at, at plate races and stuff. Tate Fogelman, that 12 truck was just like abysmal on speed throughout the year. And they were beat up. That that race was a wreck fest, absolute demolition derby. They survived it. They had damage from wrecks. I mean, there was shit flying off a car uh, when he got an EMA check and wrecked them that I think I just, it cannot be overstated enough how big of an underdog win that was Tate fucking Fogelman with the number 12 Young's Motorsports team. That winning whole that race. weekend. Yeah. That was an underdog weekend. Man. That was like, if you put a hundred dollars on a parlay for those three guys for Fogelman, Brandon Brown and Bubba Wallace to win those races, dude. That was like a million dollars, I think. Yep, yep. I had the I tweeted that. Um, I don't remember what the number one number was. I think it was like one point three million. But yeah, that that's my biggest shock of the year. Tate Fogelman winning at Talladega in the fall was just nuts, dude. Absolutely nuts. But super super cool moment. Really cool to see like the pit guys and and uh, just their entire team, like the emotions they had. And, the way it happened was just insane. I mean, everything about that race and the way the way it finished was just absurd. So that's my that's my most shocking NASCAR moment for sure. Okay, so for me, I I, I don't know. My I, I've tried to think about multiple things, and I'm sure I'm going to miss one. But like the one that sticks out the most to me was Chris Bell's win in Daytona at the road course. I did not think Chris Bell was a road guy, and I remember like the week before, I was like. I was like, I've never been a big Chris Bell guy. I'm going to take Chris Bell to win the Daytona 500. His speed was looking good. I just thought that that was going to be the move. Doesn't happen. Next week at a road course race, he comes through and gets it. Like, Chris Bell, the only race you win all year. And then I, I try to, like, have a little bit more hype. So, I think not only him winning that race, but me actually taking a liking to Chris Bell was a shock of 2021 maybe not just for myself but for other people that listened last year that knew how much i did not have a whole lot in my heart for chris bell so that was one of them that was that was pretty big yeah and, uh, it's kind of an underrated we there were so many shocking wins in the cup series i guess you could say with like mcdowell almarola bubba wallace yeah that one is like a sneaky one because yeah like you said he really I guess road courses weren't his, his strong suit in Xfinity, nor his first season, the number when he was in the 95. But with that, man, you just he, – he's he has the same background as Kyle Larson. He's a wheel man. He's very talented. You can't ever count out somebody like that with their talent. He's a dirt guy, okay? Dirt equals road. That's what we Apparently, yeah, with Larson year. too. Shit. But Sonoma. I was with Larson. We both counted his ass out. I mean, he wasn't even a thought. He was an absolute afterthought. And yeah, that was shocking. I think he was like wow. plus three thousand too. So 
Uh, that's that's an upset for the books. Live that race. I bet him live, like right uh, at stage three, I think. I got him at like plus 1,200. So it was pretty dope. I mean, he was even there when he was like running up in the top five. So, I mean, that, that, that says everything it needs to say. You know what I mean? Um, but from there, uh, from the shocking moment, what was like one of the most memorable moments? What was the thing that like sticks out to you the most is like like just a a race you in, you enjoyed or or uh, or a moment that you enjoyed the most out of all the races this year? I think the most memorable has got to be the the Kevin Harvick Chase Elliott deal at Bristol. Um, there are uh, there are a couple other rivalry moments throughout the year, but. That one really stuck out. The energy at Bristol was phenomenal. <clears throat> Being at that race and seeing that happening, seeing Harvick pull up beside Elliot in the pits and just being like, oh, shit, what's about to happen here? On TV, it was awesome. And then they get in each other's faces yelling. Elliot didn't back down to him. Uh, they continued to talk after, did not go well, had playoff implications further down the road. I mean, that was a – very and you know we'll see how it carries over in 2022 but a very very memorable rivalry moment through the last 10 races of that season kevin harvick chase elliott what happened at bristol was crazy and it was a lot of fun super entertaining and the implications that it's had on on the season uh can be overstated so i think that's my most memorable moment and being there too uh, in that atmosphere yeah. was something special. Yeah, it was a it was a great time at Bristol, like getting to do that for the first time. So many tracks got to go to for the first time this year. Um, I, I'm going to be a little selfish with the memorable moment. It's kind of a garage guys moment as well, um, but it still nonetheless is a NASCAR moment. Stage two at Nashville when Kyle Larson and Ricky Stenhouse were running one two the entire way after playing cornhole with us the day before the, the Ricky and Kyle energy was so strong. I don't think there was another race this season where we saw Ricky Stenhouse run uh, right there with Kyle Larson uh, at, at that pace all season long. Like Nashville, I just felt like there was just something in the air and it just had to happen with the two guys that did stuff with us. Now, unfortunately, he wasn't able to finish with a, you know, t- top three finish. I, mean, I think he was top five, if I'm not mistaken, or at least top ten. I think he finished sixth. But, yeah, he was so fast that day. That was really cool. Yeah, I love that one the most. And then uh, I guess the other uh, – one other memorable moment uh, would have to be when we hit on Alex Bowman at Dover, actually getting to go to the casino – the waking up that morning, figuring out who we put our money on. I'll never forget. Like I woke up that day. It was like the second stop on the inside tailgating tour. And I was just like Alex Bowman. And then we all just were like, yeah, let's do it. Alex Bowman. And we went, you and I got to go wait in line, watch absolute psychopaths make 40 leg parlays on machines. And we just went up there. And then I, that was also my first psycho parlay that hit as well, along with that Bowman. So that was a uh, super memorable moment, being there at the Dover Downs Casino and then getting to watch that race in person. And a little spoiler alert, I've, a few people know this now, but 
we'll go ahead and just tell the whole fam. Uh, Dale and I, after that, uh, we ended up showing up at stage three because we were just dead after trying to run uh, everything that was going on in the background uh, of that that race. Uh, I'm pretty sure that we just like fell asleep and we're in a coma for did like we? two hours. We did, yeah. At Dover? At Dover. What? Um, you don't remember? I don't even this? remember that. I thought I was there the whole race. We were dead. We were absolutely Dude, dead. We're absolutely oh, dead. Man. I don't. That just goes to show how like fast paced this entire year has been. Yeah, I dude, it has been an unbelievable year. the The amount of races we got to go to was just so much fun, so tiring. I mean, there is nothing quite like it. I mean, this year literally changed my life. It changed Same. our lives. You know, yeah. it, it's just it was so special, so special. So if you yeah if you could relive one of those one of the weekends that we had which one would it be and why for me it would be Daytona in February when we uh we had never met me you or Drew had never met in person before so like it, it was so funny man uh Drew and and Chase both came to my house and we took my car down to Daytona um and it was just so funny like i had been talking to them through podcasts you know through our shows a, a few shows we'd done together when i joined so i never met them in person before so like getting the butterflies and the jitters out of the way of meeting for the first time like was it was just it was the the weirdest like coolest moment i guess like we bonded like so fast but yeah. it's so funny like what i'm thinking is when these guys are about to come over is like Oh man, like I was telling my roommate Chris, I was like, just letting you know these guys are coming. Like, I'm sorry if they're fucking weirdos. Like, I don't know how they're gonna be. Like, like are they gonna be fucking freak shows or like they're gonna be awkward and just like sit here? Like, it just like and it was the funniest thing. And then obviously, like I said, we bonded like so fast and then went down to Daytona and just had such a fun time, dude. Everything about it. And it's so it's kind of ironic. The year started with Ben Rhodes. The first race we watched together was Ben Rhodes at Hooters. Yeah. At Hooters, too. Yeah. Um, I picked Ben Rhodes to win at plus 1600, I think. And he fucking yeah. won in a last lap pass. It was exhilarating. And then, yeah, Xfinity was fun. And the cup race was absolutely insane with McDowell winning in a last lap crash. And, it was just an awesome bonding moment for the garage guys and all getting together for the first time. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. It was really, really cool. It was, it, it opened the door for a lot of special things that happened in 2021. So yeah, if there's one moment I could relive, <clears throat> there's no question in my head. That's the one. I got to say the same, man. That's literally the one that I was going to go to. I mean, we had a lot. Was it really? Or did you, was. did I convince you? No, I swear, like it was. Like there was a lot of great times. Dude, I didn't think that was gonna be the one you picked. No. So I'm a little a little toked up. A little toked up. But yeah, dude, like everything that you said, spot on. Just the 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 fact of all of us getting to meet and like I, I tell people sometimes about like, you know, when when you and I are together, like people automatically either think, A, we have been friends for a long time. 
B were brothers. That's a that's one that's came out of the woodworks this year. It's been been wild. But I guess as we the more you you see two people together all the time, the more I guess you can you can put that into its own thing. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, is this dude gonna be a weird fuck? Like I hope this guy's all right. Like he's just like I mean, we were just thinking the same thing. And like Drew was just on his own thing, and like I'm by myself rolling up to your crib, and I'm just like, and then I get to your house, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And like, there, there's a, it, for, for anybody that doesn't know Dale personally, there's a, it's a really awesome situation uh, with their crib. So, but yeah, we get there and, and I remember like Drew pulls up later afterwards. I remember the first thing that you said to me, wow, you're a lot taller than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I, it's so weird. I like, we've spent so much time together now at like, I can't even think of like why I thought that. Like I have yeah. a really, really good memory. Like I have no, a memory I was just of like an this elephant. little short guy. <laughs> I just for some reason I, I don't know what it was. I thought I just thought you were shorter, but we're like the same height. So yeah. I was like, I don't know. I thought that's a weird thing that surprised me. But yeah, yeah, no, I just for some reason had this just thought that he was gonna be like like five eight or five nine or something. I don't know. Whoa. Just just one of those weird little things, but but yeah, dude, but like, no. And then the fact that we were literally getting ready to go to bed and then all of a sudden, like, we're all just kind of sitting there like, oh, we just, yeah, like, drive dude. through the night. And it's like, yeah, let's just do that. Let's and just we fucking go. Just yeah. Loaded up dude. and drove through the night. Yeah. Uh, get totally there and like, about that part. It was the launch of the website. And so, like, we're all down in the lobby working on the computers that morning, like, like premium sales rolling in. It was just a really exhilarating time, man, because it, it was like so much was happening so fast. We did a live show at this place that, that I thought was, was going to be hype and fun. And it turned out just to be like just old people like everywhere. And uh, it, it was just the, it was the mark of like setting the tone for like okay this is this is the first get together the first race of like what this year is going to be and then it just took a completely different just turn than what we thought from daytona moving forward but yeah it's that that weekend started it all man and, and that was such a great time and just a fun weekend and just full of just good energy, man. So yeah, that weekend, uh, even though we've had some amazing weekends, that's the one for sure. So good to know that, that we're on the same page with that one, man. And yeah, it's, it's like, like we said, man, it's been a life changing year. I never would have like thought it would have led to where we are now, but certainly could have imagined it in some kind of, some kind Within of this- close extent. Yeah. That, that's the thing that I think of too, is just like, it's, it's only been 12 months almost. I mean, it hasn't even been 12 months yet. It's been 10 months. It flew it's 11 by. months now. It flew by, but crazy. Yeah, it, this, this could not be possible without uh, the people listening to this pod. You yes. guys and girls have been awesome. I'm so thankful for the supporters we have and the relationships we've made. Uh, all the engage, all the engaging conversations and uh, all the, the just the, the betting talk and NASCAR talk, sports talk, just in general through our discord, Twitter, uh, Hooters, obviously, has been awesome inside tailgating. 
uh, for the opportunity they gave us with some of their uh, affiliate sponsors as well. But um, the, the most important people year. here are, are the Garage Guys fam. Like, just my heartfelt message to you guys and girls, just thank you. Like, you guys have helped and influenced changing our lives so we can do what we love. And um, we really, really appreciate it more than you'll ever know. So, oh, the yeah. Garage fam, people who are listening to this pod, we fucking love you. I mean, it's been an incredible year, and we're very, very thankful for the support and encouragement that you guys and girls have given us to allow us to do what we want. And that's uh, that's NASCAR. That's sports profit repeat. Fucking right. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. All right. So, yeah, that's that's game. And uh, we this isn't the end of, of podcast, though. We definitely have some garage talks planned coming up. Uh, a couple other things that we're going to be looking into as well. So stay tuned. You're in the Discord. It's still free. There's a whole bunch of other sports talk going on in there. Uh, Dale's got first CD props. I know in NFL, Drew still got his uh, his NFL bets every Sunday dropping. So uh, short off season. We'll be back with uh, with the with the recaps and the previews, but uh, stay tuned and keep listening, keep sharing. Uh, we love you, and we thank you, and we'll see you. It's the garage guys. 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 It's the garage guys.